Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is a practical show. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I just keep things rooted in common sense. So talking about modern survivalism on this podcast, common sense stuff, keeping it real, not getting too far out into the weeds, tinfoil hattish. This episode, I want to talk about some of the things I've been doing lately. First of all, uh, I rotated some gas, had some gasoline stored up. Uh, it been a while. Uh, rotated that, put it in the vehicle. Going to be filling up the uh, gas storage tanks that I have pretty soon. Keeping that on hand. Uh, keeping that on hand. There are proper ways to store gas. I found that the gasoline in the red cans stores pretty decent. You can get five-gallon red cans. I would suggest that you keep them rotated quite a bit. Stable is a great product. I like to use Stable. Uh, Mine kept for over a year, no problem. If you have an outside shed, that's best. Store your gas outside. And the same goes for water. Um, I'm going to start rotating my water pretty soon. I've got water that's sitting in sealed 5-gallon plastic jugs that I just actually purchased. Um, I hadn't had a chance to set up any water collection systems when I wanted to store it. And I think I've got about 40 gallons, maybe 50 gallons storage. So I need to start rotating that. You know, lately here in San Antonio, Texas, we've been having a lot of rain. And so I don't have anything that needs watered right now. But once it dries up again, I'm going to rotate my water. It's good. I could be using it. I could use it, be using it for drinking. I could be using it for cooking, bathing, whatever, if I need to. But I'm going to be watering some plants with it as soon as the rain quits. Of course, not sure when that's going to be. We've had a week of rain, which is really good. We've needed it here. It's really reduced the impact of our terrible South Texas summers. And it's really made a... a, This is very welcome in mid mid to late August to have all this rain and cooler weather down in the 80s. Yeah, how about that? Down in the 80s. (laughs) We've normally got between 100 and 105 dry weather in the summertime here in San Antonio. So, like I said, uh, but it's very important to rotate it. You know, my suggestion is depending on how you're storing water. If you're storing water and you're using the proper methods to kill off bacteria, you know, if you're using ways to store it that that can kill off bacteria fine uh but you know if you're not like i don't i don't really i don't have mine in a 55 gallon drum i've just got five gallon sealed plastic water bottles in my house and i just like to even though they're sealed and, and so forth i like to rotate it of course i keep plenty of ways to purify water on hand purification tablets The ability to have several different ways to cook it and boil it if I have to purify it that way. For some of you that live in areas where you don't get a lot of water, then you probably have to get much more creative in storing it. Here in San Antonio, we average over 30 inches of rain every year. So if you're good at water storage, 
it's not much of a problem here except for the three or four very dry months that we have every year. And, of course, I know some of you listen to this show from places where you get a whole lot of water and a whole lot of rain and probably wish for a little bit drier weather, don't you? I went through, or I'm about, excuse me, I'm about to go through my my two different emergency packs that I uh, carry with me, and I'm going to start getting them ready for fall. I'm thinking about what I want to have with me, and in about two or three weeks, I'm going to start getting them ready for fall and winter, because fall's not that far away. About, really, realistically, for us here in San Antonio, about six weeks and end of September pretty much starts fall. Even though it feels like summer around here, it's really fall. First part of October, and it's, you know, start now. It's, it's not like we have, we don't have a call, a real cold autumn, like some of you are listening to me from, you know, farther north in the U.S. Where, than where I am, and your winters are a whole lot colder. Your, excuse me, your fall and your autumn is a lot colder, but not here. So I'm still going to want to have things, though, like, you know, plenty of changes of clothes. And I've had, you know, I've got two changes of clothes in my bug out or my get home bags, whatever you want to call them. It's time, time to get those out and wash them. You know, this is all I'm a real big believer in rotating and replenishing and circulating what you have in your survival packs. In other words, your get-home bags, bug-out bags, whatever it is, whatever name you want to give them. Things can get dusty, they can get moldy, they can get stale. Time to go through them, and that's what I am going to start doing real quick. It's kind of what I've been doing in my house. And also, you know, going through old ammunition. Even though ammunition stores for a long time, I like to keep the freshest supply that I can. So I'm actually right now headed out to the shooting range to go do some practicing with a friend of mine. And I went through one of my cabinets where I store my ammunition and I pulled out what I felt were the oldest boxes. Because I I have a pretty good idea when I bought the ammunition. So I'm going through pulling out what is the oldest and I'm going to recycle those. And speaking, for those of you who do conceal carry, uh, one suggestion I might make to you I've talked about this a little bit over at my, my other podcast called the Handgun World Podcast. If you don't listen to that and you like firearms, check that out. But I also, when it comes to magazines, if you have a semi-automatic survival gun, keep fresh magazines. I like to keep brand new magazines and only run, only run about one magazine worth of ammo through them just to make sure that they function. And those are my concealed carry magazines. Those are my mags that... I don't want to use for training and practice. I don't want them to hit the ground and get dirty and things like that because that could cause them to malfunction when I need them the most and I don't want to do that. Another thing I'm going to be doing pretty soon is replenishing supplies of medication. Always try to get a 90-day supply when you can. There's only two medications I take that I can get 90-day supplies. And one of them... One of them, my insurance company, is kind of giving, giving me a little bit of a hard time. you got to be careful. If you have health insurance, you got to check with your insurance company. Some of them have a special process or a special pharmacy you have to go through to get 90-day supplies. 
and that's extremely important. If there are re- regular medications that you take, it's extremely important getting 90-day supplies of those because if the stink hits the fan, it could be several weeks before you can get to any medication or, or before you can get to any pharmacy that could maybe dispense a refill. So you got to think about that kind of stuff. Don't forget, you can normally you can normally refill prescriptions long before they are set to run out. There's usually a a time. There's usually a date as to when it can be refilled. And so, what you need to do is ask your pharmacist when that date is. You know, a lot of them say, "Well, insurance won't pay for it until such and such a date." Now, if you're paying for prescriptions out of your pocket and you're not having to rely on insurance, or maybe you don't have insurance, and you're paying for it out of your pocket, then, of course, buying your prescriptions in bulk, the ones that you know you're going to need all the time, is the way to go. And refilling them, you can refill them pretty much any time you want. You don't have to worry about when is insurance going to pay for this refill. It's not a bad idea if you have extra cash... And you can do it on some of the, you know, not not some of the prescriptions that cost a couple of hundred dollars cash price. I'm not talking about those. But some of us, including me, take prescriptions that, you know, are only 30 or $40 for a 90-day supply. Why not get two 90-day supplies? Why not have six months of that on hand, you know, for the $60 that it's going to cost you? So think about some of that stuff, and that's something that I'm trying to work through right now for myself and for members of my family that take medication. I was talking with a friend of mine just yesterday. He's a little concerned. He's trying to sell a piece of property that he was using as a primary residence, and he was thinking about keeping it as a bug-out location, but he anticipates some financial challenges coming ahead because of a business that he and his wife have started, which is good. I'm glad that they're in business for themselves. I think people who are in business for themselves in the future are probably, believe it or not, you might find it strange that I'm going to say this, but I think the people who are in business for themselves and making it and doing well, I think you're going to be in better shape. I think you're going to be in better shape if the stink hits the fan. Uh, I am not in business for myself, not full-time. I work for an employer. And if the stink would have hit the fan real bad, uh, my industry, I'm in the business of providing products for hotels. So tourism and business travel are big fuel tanks for my business, let's let's say. Uh, My business is pretty much governed by how much people are traveling and staying in in hotels. Well, in an economic downturn, my buddy was asking me if I think an economic downturn's coming soon. I mean, I've always thought that it's coming, you know, a partial collapse. A lot of what Glenn Tate talks about in the book series, 299 Days. I'm going to have Glenn on here again to interview pretty soon. But his book series, 299 Days, 10 books that he's written. Terrific books. You know, they're very practical. They're, I think, quite realistic. And if you want to get them, use my Amazon store at todayssurvival.com. Go to my Amazon page, 
and follow the links at my Amazon store so that you can help support today's survival show without having to spend any extra money. But if you haven't read those books, read those. I told my buddy, I said, I think a partial collapse like that, especially a partial economic collapse, is coming. So he's wanting to sell his property, even though it could be used as a bug-out location, he's wanting to have a debt-free business. And I work for an employer, and I think if the stink hits the fan, employers are going to really cut back, and I'm talking about jobs. So my my method of financial preparation is to have as many investments and cash liquid savings. I'm a big believer in being liquid with your cash, having plenty of liquidity. I know people say, well, Bob, your money is not earning anything for you. Well, I get that. Now, I have investments where it is earning money for me. But I'm not going to rely on that because if the stink hits the fan real bad, uh, similar to what we had in 2008, for example, those, quote, investments, unquote, are probably going to take a steep drop. Now, I'm kind of lucky with my 401k, of course. As you know, most employers, if you have a 401k through your employer... Uh, You should be taking advantage of that. No matter what the economy is doing, you should be taking advantage of that because, you know, there's a couple things that you can do with that. First of all, the great thing about a 401k is you've got some company matching. So you have an instantaneous return on a portion of your money. An instantaneous return. I mean, the very minute you put the money in there, you've got a return, whether it's 25% or 50% or 100% match. You've got a return on your investment. That's pretty hard to beat, folks. It's pretty hard to beat. And even if those funds lose money, oftentimes you'll mostly lose whatever your employer matched and put in there. Seldom do they drop that far. Now, yes, we've had some periods recently here in the last couple decades where people have lost even more than their instantaneous returns. You know, I've heard of some people's 401ks dropping to one-third the value. But at least it's savings. At least it is savings. Now, there's things you can do to hedge against that. So I was talking to my friend Mark, and you know, we were talking about buying gold and silver. I have been putting that off for a while because a couple reasons. First of all, I've been watching the price of gold and silver go up and down and up and down. Uh, At the time of this podcast, Saturday, August 20th, both are fairly reasonably priced. But I'm going to wait a little longer and kind of see where it goes. Buying gold and silver, I don't think that you should go into those with the intent of making a bunch of money. If you do, great. It's a windfall. It's extra. It's gravy if you, if you make a bunch of extra money buying gold and silver. I think the attitude that's, that's important to have when you go in to buy gold and silver is protecting your original investment or at least having something of value if financially this country hits, if, if the stink financially hits the fan in a, in a huge way, which... I believe it's going to. Now, it might be gradual, but it's still going to be a huge smack in the face that this country is going to get. So if your mutual funds or your 401k or your stock funds drop to a third of their value today, your gold and silver will not. It's pretty much the opposite of what the market does. So... 
I wanted to get my savings built up to a point where I could buy about 5 to 8% of my total investment portfolio in gold or silver. And what I plan on doing now, if, somebody, if some of you listening to this have a little bit of a different idea, let me know. You might have a little bit of a different idea. Maybe you can share some advice with me on this. But what, I, what I've been told and what I've studied and what I've learned from people is if I'm going to buy silver and buy gold, buy it in very small amounts, like buy one-tenth ounce pieces of gold, one-tenth of an ounce. Right now, gold's somewhere around between $1,300 and $1,400 per ounce. Well, if I have an ounce of gold and, you know, the crap hits the fan and my money is relatively worthless or my investments take a huge dive and I want to use gold as a negotiating tool or as a currency, if I got an ounce that's worth thirteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600... That, you know, I would have to be, if I'm negotiating for something small and all I have are one ounce gold pieces, I don't want to trade. I don't want to barter a $1,500 ounce of gold for something that's really only worth 100 bucks. But if I have one-tenth ounce bars, well, now that's worth about $150. So those are much easier to trade, use as currency, or even if, if things don't get that bad, but you want to just go cash in your gold. Maybe you don't want to cash in all of it. Maybe you've got uh, 20 of the one-tenth ounce gold uh, bars. And and maybe you've got 20 of them and you only want to cash in 10. You can do that, but it's much different, much harder if you've got one-ounce gold bars or whatever. And so same with silver. You know, having smaller, having lots of smaller increments of gold and silver. That that's what I'm intending to do. Let me know if you're in agreement with that or if you think that there's something different, if you've been able to come up with a different system that makes more sense. I'm all ears. And speaking of that, if you've got some things that you want to talk about, check out my voicemail 210-646-1727. That's 210-646-17 27. All right, quick break, and I'll be right back. Okay, so speaking of voicemails, I recently got a listener that called in with this voicemail message. Hey, Bob, this is Lonnie from Florida. Um, hope you're doing well. Just want to let you know, continue to pray for you and your wife, your uh, health concerns. Um, also, regarding your uh, new regiment that you started, the push-up regiment, add one per day for 30 days. I actually modified that a little bit. I added, uh, added sit-ups. And on about day 15, I started skipping a day but adding two. So you're doing the same amount, but you're giving your body a day to recuperate. So not a big deal now, but maybe later as the push-ups get uh, more numerous. So anyway, just mention that to you. Uh, thank you for the inspiration. The push-ups, I also want to check and see how you were doing on that. Um, as far as the guns, I do have a question. For a Ruger LCP, I'm thinking of purchasing a leather handcuff case. It's a, it, it appears to be a leather handcuff case, handcuff case, but it's actually a holster for a Ruger LCP. I'm thinking about wearing it at about 4 o'clock 
Um, it almost completely conceals it, except for the very top, you know, says a handcuff case would. And I want to get your thoughts on it. I was going to wear it outside the waistband. And even if it, the shirt did right up a little bit, all they would see is just some leather case. I want to get your thoughts on uh, uh, how you think that would work. Anyway, um, hope everything's going well and appreciate all the good work. Thanks. Well, hey, Lonnie, thanks for calling in. Uh, by the way, folks, I'm I'm in the Today's Survival Show mobile studio. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's why. Lonnie, you know, I added sit-ups, by the way, uh, and I think you said that you added sit-ups. If not, you might want to think about doing that. I added sit-ups, too. So the problem is, is I took about a week and a half off. I got lazy, went on vacation, but I'm back into it now. Yeah, I started off doing it, and it's great. Uh, I started off the first day with three push-ups. I was able to get three, and then uh, I did a few sit-ups. And then I just increased it by one every day. And then lately, I've been doing about somewhere between 10 and 12 every day and about another 10 or 12 sit-ups. I've been pretty out of shape, folks. But I'm back on track. I'm doing them every day. So I think about 30 days from now, I'll probably be up to about 25 to 30 sit-ups. And my goal is to be able to knock out 50 to 75 push-ups and about another 50 to 75 sit-ups. You'd be amazed what you can do, folks, just doing that. I really believe in physical fitness. That's a big survival preparation. Got to be physically fit and you got to be as strong as you can. And you might think, oh, I'm out of shape, man. I could never do that. Just do like I heard that preacher talk about. On the first day, do one push-up and one sit-up. On the second day, two push-ups, two sit-ups. Third day, three push-ups, three sit-ups. Keep increasing it one every day. If you can't increase one every day and for a few days you keep doing the same number, no problem. Just keep working your way up, but just increase by one at a time and it makes a big difference. So Lonnie, thanks for calling that in. As far as getting one of those leather pouch holsters for your Ruger LCP for concealed carry, it sounds pretty good to me. I would just say make sure that you can access the gun quickly. My only concern about that is how quick can you access it? If it takes you two or three seconds to get your gun out of that pouch, that's too slow. It's too slow. you got to be able to get in there, get the gun, and get it out in about a second to a second and a half. Now, it might take practice. It might take a lot of repetitions. Just make sure. So if it doesn't cost much, much money, go ahead and buy it, but don't rely on that method of concealed carry. For those of you that are maybe kind of new to concealed carry, don't rely on a method unless it's something... That you can access in a second to a second and a half. It's probably about the only amount of time that you're going to get. It's a gift if you get more than that in a life and death situation. Lonnie, thanks for calling in. The phone number, 210-646-1727. Again, 210-646-1727. Okay, that, that concludes this episode, folks. Uh, the next episode is going to have a real good interview on it. I'm going to be doing an interview where there's going to be three of us talking. And I'm not going to tell you who my two guests are. I'm going to be uh, somewhat secretive about that right now because I want you to listen the, to the next episode. One person's been on before on today's survival show. He's actually guest hosted some podcasts for me. And the other person has not. And it's 
really cool. The other person's an author. So I'm really looking forward to it. So please make sure you tune in to the next episode of today's survival show. I'm Bob Main. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.